Hello and welcome to the Pete Barter Podcast, where you will join Pete in interviewing top-level thought leaders in education, music, and business, as well as a sneak peek into Pete's thoughts and challenges. This episode is all about... I want our public schools to be the best schools in Australia. I want them to be absolutely the places where people want to go. So we have to make sure that the offering is as good as any other school. Whatever you are doing right now, keep on doing it and enjoy this episode of the Pete Barter Podcast. Guys, I'm here in Parliament House with the amazing John Gardner, the Shadow <laughs> Minister of Education and the Shadow Minister of Arts. Lovely to, to have this opportunity to come and to sit with you and talk, talk shop, talk music education. It's a pleasure to have you here, Peter. It's, it's, uh, it's definitely a big concern for a lot of people. A lot of people and the fact that you've taken a stand to try and nut out what the benefits are or the problems are that's that's a good thing you know I'm just a person that's in the space you're someone with a pen that can help convince other people with pens to make a change well this is really important um, for me and many people who've spoken to me uh, there's several issues going on. Firstly, we've got the situation where there's 400 private music instructors teaching in South Australian public schools. Mm -hmm. Your livelihood, your yes. jobs, your business models, how you're putting food on the table, paying the rent. Mm -hmm. That's the first issue. Probably even more important than you, yeah. 8,000 kids learning instruments. Yeah. Uh, and the value that that puts into their lives, the improvement that we see that has on academic results, yeah. Uh, on uh, school results, uh, reducing truancy rates. Yeah. That's really important. The value that it'll give to their long-term lives. I mean, I did instrumental music in school. I don't use it every day in my job. What did you play? I played classical guitar. I wasn't very good at it, but I managed to scrape by and get a reasonable mark in year 12. Uh, but we know that that's... I have a guitar here. <laughs> if I'd seen you walking into the building with a guitar, I would not have let you in. Uh, but we know that that's important. We know that it's going to add value to their lives. And, I mean, there's so many kids who re-engage with school after they've been given the opportunity to have an instrument. It's the sort of thing that makes kids look forward to going to school that day. So all of that's important. Um, we've got this situation where the rules have been... Uh, the guidelines that have been put in place by the Education Department, combined with an Industrial Relations Commission ruling, is going to create an enormous problem for schools next year. Mm. Uh, and I don't even think... Next that we, year is five weeks away. The end of this school year, very, very quickly approaching. I don't, the, uh, I don't actually think we've even hit the tip of the iceberg in terms of the impact that it's going to have. Because I don't think a lot of schools at this stage fully realise uh, the extent of the requirements of this guideline, of this yeah. ruling. So I've been uh, working as hard as I can to bring it to the attention of the Parliament. We've asked uh, questions about this uh, in the last two sitting weeks, mm. a, a whole series of questions. We've got our petition up, which uh, over 1,100 people have now That's signed. Um, and we're just going to keep on working, keep on pushing to try and get these guidelines changed. Do you think having having a room like this clearly there's two of us we're on one side of the quadrant there's one section of the problem i'm yeah. one part of the problem you're helping find the problem helping find the cure for the problem but really there should be someone from iMS sitting here there should, susan close should be sitting here 
There should be a principal or some school sitting around and parents, and we should all be having this conversation. Well, there's another room that's already had this conversation in the Industrial Relations Commission, and in that room, we had the union represented, we had the government represented. Right. What was missing from that whole conversation were the private teachers, the families, mm. the schools, Minority. and the Majority. students. Yeah. The people the impacted. People actually going to be the problem. They're, they're, this yeah. decision was made yep. in a room where none of the people actually impacted mm. were represented, and that's a real problem. Um, we have, uh, in effect, uh, a government changing the rules uh, at the unions, pushing them to do so without taking into consideration the impact on real people. Mm. Yeah. Uh, I've absolutely no problem with the IMS, with the education union. They, they can do what they absolutely. like. Absolutely. And there's room in their I school system something... for everybody. There's room for within individual schools mm. for us to have music teachers yeah. working with IMS staff, yeah. working with hourly paid instructors and it. working with private music you instructors. It. It. And I think it's... it doesn't have to be an either or. No, it, it doesn't. And I think the, the problem is that uh, there are some people running around social media and saying all the, the stuff that's very heavily weighted on one side and no knowledge of the other side. Now, I'm really passionate about getting a clear understanding on all sides. And I know about five or six IMS teachers who are great teachers. Yeah. And I'm not trying to push them out of a job. They, they, I need them. They need to be doing what they're doing. They do great work. But any one teacher, whether they're IMS or HPIs or PMIs, yeah. There's little chance that they're going to be able to teach all of the instruments that the children at that school yeah. want to learn. Yeah. And forcing all the children in the school to only learn the instruments that the they Industrial Relations Commission has uh, yeah. ruling means are available, yeah. that's going to reduce the offerings and services at that school. Yeah. And we're only talking about public schools, by the way. Only public schools are impacted by this. Yeah. But the result of that is that the students at public schools will have a less diverse offering mm. than students at non-government schools. Now, I want our public schools mm. to be the best schools yeah. in Australia. Yeah. I want them to be absolutely the places where people want to go. So we have to make sure that the offering is as good as any other school. It has to be. And the more people go to public schools. Absolutely. So, and, and something that really annoys me, and it's, it's just talked about and it's... Two words that shouldn't be put together. Education budget. <laughs> and you speak to someone, there's a, there's, so someone has said that we can't afford to put that much money into your child's learning. But there's a budget for, there's no budget for war. I mean, that's my, my, my thoughts. But there's, there's so much more to give to the education of, of children. And I think having the, well, I know, having music education in schools is not just an amazing um, opportunity for the children think about it like this if if what was to happen was to be enforced 100% and 500 public um, private providers like me disappeared out of, out of schools and those 500 were replaced by 50 that couldn't match and couldn't fulfill the, the requirements of teaching all this 8,000 children if we all got wiped off and we can't do anything until we go and get our so, um, get our uh, whatever our degrees we have to go get a postgrad in education. Before that, we have to have a um, a bachelor of arts performance, and you know they're an expense and of time and money. So that would be a five year stint that I and others would have to go and do, and then and five years later the music starts to happen again. Well, that's there's not only the break there, but it's also in terms of what the offering is. So I've heard this model talked about and. 
I mean, Adelaide University has a terrific graduate certificate mm -hmm. in uh, music teaching, a six-month program, mm -hmm. which yeah. can uh, can raise standards. So anyone wanting to do that, I encourage to go and talk to Adelaide Uni about yeah. what they can get. Mm -hmm. But if you're forcing all of the private music instructors out mm -hmm. and saying they have to be on staff or hourly paid instructors, mm -hmm. There's also, it's, it's not just a cost implication, let's think about the impact for the children. So if the model goes from a family is perfectly happy paying what a PMI currently gets, um, and that's working, yeah. that gets replaced then because of the industrial ruling with it having to be a staff member, having to be paid at the $80. Yeah. And so that only becomes economical mm. if you, rather than having one-on-one -on -one tuition, yeah. you're then having one to two yeah, or one to three yeah, group, tuition. Group stuff How would that work in your drum class? It doesn't, it can't, it won't. And there's students that don't like the group stuff because they don't feel like they're getting the attention that they deserve. Yeah. Every child is different. Some kids thrive and love the group workshop stuff. I'll tell you Some what, don't. I know that when I was at school learning classical guitar, I yeah. wasn't that good at it. Yeah. I needed was it a group. I was getting one-to-one -one tuition and I needed every needed moment of that because otherwise I wouldn't have done very well in my year 12. Yeah, yeah. Certainly not as, I wouldn't have got at the mark that yeah. I did because that was the, the level of support that I needed as a mediocre uh, music student. Yeah. The, um, the group work has a great place, important place, and you know they had me working in that group setting as well with a, a different teaching arrangement, yeah. and that was fine. But it was the one-to-one -one that I got from a private music instructor that made the difference for me. Yeah. I, I, you know, we've been talking about this stuff for a, for a matter of months now, and I, I think it's always talking about the same thing, the problem, the problem, the problem, why they're doing this. But let's actually look down into why why, apart from the union money, government stuff, what makes a I'm not you know what makes an IMS teacher better than me and others? I think that every student is uh, every child is an extraordinary, unique individual with different gifts who responds to different methods of teaching, mm -hmm. and there are some children who will respond really well to uh, a group setting, mm -hmm. other children who will do much better in a one-on-one -on -one setting. Some instruments lend themselves to one-on-one yeah. -on -one settings much better. Yeah. So that's why you yeah. need to have that, that diversity a of offering. Of, a lot of parents that want their child to learn piano don't want them to learn on a keyboard. They want them to learn on a piano. So you have to have a room four times the size of this to fit five or ten pianos in. Yeah, and that's not going to happen. And schools can't afford all these pianos, so they turn on keyboard and they go, "It's not piano, it's keyboard. It's same stuff, but it's not piano." So that that won't work. Drums definitely doesn't work. It can be very hard, very tricky, very noisy. Um, but I have done it. We actually run a drum workshop every week between uh, for for an hour with uh, seven or eight people in the group every week. And that works in that group. It works. We've it's sold as a drum club. You have so you have a drum club, and then you have kids that are learning all these guys do the one on one as well, as well, and that's that's great. And here's the here's the broader point: each school, with all of these unique individuals and unique challenges, each school has a different set of challenges. So our view, my Liberal Party's view, is that the schools should have the right to uh, run the programs that work for their student body, that work for their school. And could you imagine a parent that's got their child enrolled into a school because of music? or enrolling their child into a school because of music next year, mm. and then they go to that school and all of a sudden there's no music program? Well, let's talk about that for a moment, because one issue that I don't think has come out fully in the debate yet, so I'm hoping that we can reach a resolution, hope the Minister will fix this in the next few weeks. She hasn't shown uh, an inclination to really deal with it yet. But we've got a lot of Year 11 students right now who are using private music instructors 
with the expectation that next year they're going to be doing year 12 music. Yeah. Yeah. If their private music instructors are no longer able to teach within the school grounds, yeah. within school hours, this has a real prospect of throwing some of their year 12 preparations into disarray next year. Mm -hmm. Now, my hope is that we will get this fixed yep. before then, that we will have, uh, with our thousand plus signatures on the petition, that with the uh, media interest that uh, is continuing to pursue it, mm -hmm. that we'll be able to convince the minister to take this to the next level and to cut the knot, the, 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 the bureaucratic morass that this I is would, getting I would just like, I'd still want to know why this is being imposed. Is it, is it because of... Now, there are a lot more private educators like me than there are IMS, or as I said on the radio, sanctioned. They've got something that, they've got something that I don't have. Now, I've got all the clearances you could possibly ever need. Yeah. Um, I'm actually a registered SSO at school, Student Support Officer, so I do that as well. So I've got more than most private music teachers, and I've taught, actively been teaching my students for 20 years. I've been a private music teacher for 20 years. And I, I'm not boasting, I'm not ringing bells here, but I know that there's a certain level of understanding on how your child or how your student learns so you can engage with them so that you can teach them how they learn. Not a five-year or a two-year stint of teaching and all of a sudden you're a better teacher, but you might be. You might be a better performer. I'm probably not the world's best drummer, but I can get the world's best drummer into Adelaide, pay them some money, and all of a sudden, they're not good enough to teach because yeah. they don't have the qualifications. So I would like to find out if there's, if there is actually, we're not going to go through the rating, the rating, you know, star rating. Pete's worth two stars, and Joe Blog's worth five stars, and you know, then I have to charge less for whatever reason. But I've got more outside experiences. Um, I spend a lot of my, and if you've followed my other podcasts and other videos, the guys that do know me, and you may have not seen this stuff, but we've hosted some of the world's best bands in in Adelaide. Like Justin Timberlake's band did a workshop for us. Yep. These guys have played to, for Michael Jackson, and and they're the world's best at performing, and they're amazing communicators. Yeah, but they don't qualify to teach in school. The I think <laughs> that we have gotten bogged down in an, a terrible collision of ideology mm. and the actual teaching of children. And there's a strand of thinking run by some people in the education union that says that there should be no services offered at public schools that are going to attract a fee to families mm. at all. Now, we want our public school offering to be, you know, mm. affordable, mm. cheap, where people only have to pay uh, materials and services fee. The government yep. covers the cost of education. Yeah, but that's there's right. a budget. There's an educational budget. Absolutely. <laughs> but, and, and, and that works well. But we've got to work with what works, what's yeah. in the best interest of the child. Yeah. And music is not necessarily right. always offered so at all schools. An instru private instrumental teacher, one-on-one -on -one mm. teaching, might not fit within that framework. And so the education union uh, may argue in this circumstance, and I think this is where they've argued with the government and with the Industrial Relations Commission, that because there is a fee being charged to families, mm -hmm. then that is ideologically wrong, mm -hmm. and so it shouldn't be allowed. Okay. Now, where I come from is what's going to be in the best interest of the child. Mm. Uh, if there isn't one, uh, enough money in the school's budget to pay for one-on-one -on -one music instructors wherever it is, yep. and there very rarely will be, mm. then what's wrong with, it, yep. with having the parents being able to pay for their child's to be honest, tuition? I think like, the, the, lessons that I, the price of the lessons that I charge at schools vary between $22 up to $27 at schools. Schools yep. dictate the price that I charge. They've got their own school 
price, and that's what I change. And sometimes I, schools will work with instructors to, be, um, to, you know, find a model that is going to work. To be one hundred percent honest with you, as a professional musician that's got twenty years of teaching and thirty years of playing experience, thirty dollars, uh, twenty-seven dollars a lesson, for the amount of psychological uh, impact that we're we're helping the student with socially. Um, you know, I speak to the teachers, I email them and speak to them on the phone, I contact them on, on Facebook and say, hey, I've had a bit of a rough issue with, with little John, little Johnny, little Johnny always gets hit, yeah. little, little Johnny. <laughs> it's always little Johnny, so little, little Johnny's having a bit of a, an issue, is there something I can help you with here that I can help him in, in his class? Now I have that, I do that, and that's something that helps me connect with the teacher, that helps me connect together, but when they come to, to drum lessons, you know, I'm not wearing a suit, I've got tattoos, and I'm just, I'm not... I'm like a teacher, but only cooler. Like that's the that's the music teacher's thing, right? We're, we're, well, it's a method of engaging in a school setting, and as we were saying before, yeah. the, the little Johnny mm. is probably you know going to have a better day because he knows he's got that, that drum lesson. You know, I walk coming. through the schools and I go into the classrooms and I grab my little grab the, you know little Johnny for his lesson and all right, let's go. And I walk through and I'm like, hey, go on, hey, go on. I'm chatting to the kids and it's just that one day and, and the other kids don't even have lessons. Like, hey Pete, what's going on? Mm. And high fiving, and I really encourage these kids to be active and social. And you know, I sit next to them, and there might be a couple of minutes before my first lesson. I'll sit next to one, and I'll chat with them about. You know, I engage with every single kid in every single school. Yeah. I don't just sit in the thing and wait for the kids to come into the classroom. You know, there's there's so much more, and and from me doing that, I know that these. I'm not just teaching these kids drums. When a student goes to a drum or a guitar or a keyboard or a classical lesson. They're not just learning that. They're learning what the teacher acts like, who the teacher is, what kind of person they are. And if, if, they're, a, if they're like a massively fat, smelly teacher and they're smoking and they're drinking, the cool of the school... I hoping they're not smoking and drinking no, at school. But but you know what? I, I know there's some private educators that work outside of schools that that's okay for them to teach. But you know what? They're lovely people. But they're, they're, great, they're great teachers, they're great musicians. But the child doesn't see they come down for a smoke in between so it's so much subconscious learning that goes on in those classrooms but i'm still interested and my biggest thing and i'd really love to get everybody's feedback on this is i want ims to call me and the people that that are on the other side of the coin the people that were apparently replacing those jobs i would like them to call we can do this live debate come in again you can be the ringmaster and you know <laughs> in the blue corner and i'd really like to i'd really like to know why why? Like, in my oh, better can, I, can I say, I want to remove some of the adversarial nature of this. This isn't private music instructors versus instrumental music service no, teachers versus alley paid instructors. Mm. This is not needing to be an adversarial thing. Unfortunately, the PMIs yeah. seem to be, and, and the, mm. the minister said it's a cascading order. You yeah. start with the IMS, then you go to staff, then you go to alley paid instructors, then you go to PMI, and getting from the schools trying for alley paid instructors. Mm. Getting the schools to be able to demonstrate to meet the requirements that before they're allowed to engage PMIs is really, really hard. And I think that that's the issue that's going to only increase in the next month mm. or so as they try and demonstrate that. Mm. But there are schools yeah. where it works so well with them all working together. And I think a lot of the IMS teachers, I'd be surprised if all of the IMS teachers uh, uh, had this as their number one concern because I know there are schools where the IMS teachers work very happily yeah. with the private music instructors. Yeah, totally. And I think that the union may well, uh, in pursuing this in the Industrial Relations Commission, mm. uh, may well 
you know, have got the wrong end of the stick here. Mm. I think that it's something that a few people are really concerned about. Yeah. But I think the vast majority of IMS teachers, I'd be surprised uh, if they thought this was the number yeah. one issue in their lives. Yeah, yeah. Well, the IMS people that I'm referring to, I know them personally, and they are great drummers, great people, and they are better teachers than I am. So well, there you, know, you go. I'm not. I'm not. Uh, just to clarify that, I'm not. I'm not. There's no red and blue corner, right? I'm just, it's just whatever. Mm. But there's definitely a, an issue with. I still want to know why that's been, why is this even started? Why has this even started? Like, is it, it's not, is it a money thing? I think that um, you'll have to talk to the union about that. Because We've been it, arguing for, for private music gosh. instructors to be taken out for years. Yeah. It's, it seems like an ideological thing that's really of high level of importance to a few individuals. Uh, I don't know that it's actually something that's the highest level of The perfect importance. comment you made earlier was public schools shouldn't have anything paid for by the parents is paid for by the Department of that's, Education. That's the ideological Perfect. push. So by getting everybody out of the schools, the parents are going to go, well, I still want my student to have lessons, my child to have lessons, teach after hours. Of and course. That means all of a sudden everybody is going to want their student to their child to have their drum lesson at 3.30 in the afternoon. Yeah, or after. And it turns out that only 3.30 yeah. in the afternoon mm -hmm. happens seven times a week. Exactly. And uh, yeah. five times after school days yeah. and that's yeah. going to mean a lot of kids are going to miss out. Absolutely. And parents can't get their children too. So that's, you know, by doing what they're doing, they're getting children, they're getting the educators out of the schools, but putting them in a space where I already teach from my own home studio. I've set up perfectly well. I've got two drum kits. I've got, you know, everything that I need. It's a perfect sanction for teaching. That, that's going to work for some of your students, but mm. it's not going to work for all of them. No, it's I'm not. a big believer in looking at how things actually work. Mm. What's the best solution to resolving a problem? What's yeah. the impact going to be on real people? Yeah. And that all trumps ideology. Best interest of the child means getting an outcome where they're going to have access to a music teacher where they can get instruction. Mm. And for me, we're in a uniquely, for political situations, usually you've got a problem, how do you fix it? Yeah. Now here, we've got the solution right here. Yeah. Let's keep things going as they have been. That's, it's actually working yeah. pretty well in a yeah. lot of places at the moment. That's the solution. Now what we need to do is how to find a way around the bureaucratic mess that we've gotten ourselves into. Yep. And the Minister for Education mm. can do that. Yep. She can make a decision, she can change the guidelines. Mm -hmm. If need be, we can change the Education yep. Act. I don't think we need to. Just need to change the guidelines. Just needs the political will to do it. And that's why we need signatures on the petition. Mm. That's why we need yep. the constant public yep. debate so that the Minister knows that the public want this. Absolutely, uh, totally. And I know that there's so many schools right now looking for loopholes. Yeah, absolutely. And some and have found them. Some, some <laughs> have found them, but the, the tricky thing for the loophole through this, uh, it's if the IMS, if they're available for a school, that's great. Mm -hmm. And the school may well have not be able to get an IMS teacher or they may need an extra service on top of the IMS. So passing the first hurdle is not a problem. Then the second hurdle, they've got to show that they've got staff. Mm -hmm. uh, so if they've got staff, that's great, and they may need extra support, or they may not have the budget to have staff, that's mm -hmm. easy. So then you go to the hourly paid instructor. Yeah. Uh, and if a school can afford to do that, then that's fine. But what I'm finding, a lot of schools aren't able to yeah. demonstrate uh, to the satisfaction of the department mm -hmm. that they pursued that outcome before they allowed to have private music instructors. Yeah. So breaking down that third hurdle mm -hmm. is the thing that we need the minister to get involved with in helping to make that guideline easier. Okay, so ending on this, this podcast, how can we go forward? What do everybody involved, all the actors in the scenario, the, the, the schools, the parents, the children, the educators, IMS and private, what should they do? How can they voice their opinion? 
Give them your mobile number. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'd start by uh, getting involved in the petition. It's www.johngardnermp.com.au slash save school music. Mm -hmm. And there's an opportunity there also to leave your, your comments, so specific stories. The second thing I think is worth doing uh, is calling up the mainstream media, writing a letter to the editor of the advertiser, calling into 5AA or one of those shows where they have talkback, so that that will continue to make sure that it's at the top of mind in government. The third thing they can do uh, is write to uh, local members of parliament. So you're a local MP, uh, get in touch with them, let them know that this is a concern to you so that it's on their radar when we're talking to the minister, as we do when we're in the parliament, it's something that will get raised. And the fourth thing is writing to Minister Close herself. The minister understands the issues in my Have view. Have you got her mobile number? <laughs> <laughs> I, think, uh, I think she'd probably stop answering yeah. my calls if yeah. I gave it out to everybody. <laughs> totally. I think the minister understands the issues, but yeah. what I'm concerned about is she doesn't, yet, uh, she doesn't want to pick mm. a fight. Uh, well, neither do we. We're not trying to vilify anybody here. But I think that um, we need her to understand that this is of such paramount importance that she just needs to change the guidelines. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to leave a massive loop, a massive break in transmission for music, creativity, yeah. and creative is being a musician is a creative outlet. When kids are bored and they have a skill in music, they play music. When kids are bored and don't have a skill, there's there's crime. There's 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 so much more. Well, uh, even and and crime is the worst case scenario. Of course. Even if it's just that they would be playing their piano or their drums rather than playing a video game, for example, yeah. that's much better for their mental development and their social development for them to be doing something as a pastime that is yeah. skills-based and creativity-based rather than just sitting in front of a screen. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, and, and the guys that are listening that do sit in front of screens all day and play games, that can be a future too. You can make money out of that. You can make money out of music. But music and, and passion and creative arts is... Terrence, Terrence McKenna said it's the creative ones that hold the keys for mankind. Yeah. Well, I remember there was a, a vice-chancellor at Adelaide University. I can't remember her name, but in the 90s. And she was an incredible scientist. She was an extraordinary uh, high achiever in that industry. And um, they were talking about how... Somebody was asking her a question about, do we need more science graduates from high school to be coming here uh, to, to be filling the top roles in our science program? And she said, no, no, that's not so much important. Get somebody who's creative. Get somebody who's uh, got a background in humanities or performing arts. Yeah. And we can still teach them to be a great scientist because that will have encouraged them to learn uh, their brains to be stimulated yeah. and them to be thinkers. And so I think a well-rounded education, not every student's going to want to study an instrument. Not, totally. not every student's going to be good in an instrument, mm -hmm. but having the opportunity there will inspire so many of them to be more engaged in their schooling than they would otherwise be. And that's, that, those children are why we're fighting this fight. Perfect. John Gardner, it's been amazing chatting with you. Thanks very much. I look forward to seeing how far we can, we can get this movement to, uh, to, to rectify itself. I'm very optimistic. Thank you very much, everyone. Cheers. Bye. We hope you enjoyed Pete's podcast. Make sure you like, subscribe, and share with anyone you think will get value. And if you haven't already, head to PeteBarter.com for more Pete Barter content. And remember, do something good for yourself and someone else today. Thanks for listening. <laughs>